I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, baby. It's time to settle down. Settle down. Listen to the soothing sound. Oh, yeah. This? Oh my god, this? Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, this. He's on a roll. Hello and welcome back to On A Roll, where we take an unhealthy obsession in an actor's filmography. <laughs> my name is Tom and joining me as ever is... Emma. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. The cloud... The cl- How are we? said the cloud goes wild. <laughs> I was meant to say... The- the crowd, the crowd goes, goes wild. wild. That's my um. That's my iPhone telling me my cloud storage is full, going wild every day. Oh, you've you've crowded it up. I've clouded it up. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to pay for extra storage. Yeah. Well, I already pay ninety nine p a month, and I'm a bit reluctant. Oh god. The next jump They're up. Bleeding you dry. The, <laughs> the next jump is six ninety nine. It really a month. hit you hard that ninety nine p. Six ninety nine though is the next one up. Are you kidding me? It should go yeah, up how in much you, pound increments. How much do you get though? Oh, like what's the, I mean, it's a f- is it exponential? It's a fair amount, yeah, but six ninety nine a month. So what? Talk to me. Talk to me. What? What storage are you getting at the moment? I think it's like I don't even know, like five gig or something. Right, and what do you get for the six ninety nine? It's a lot. It's like a hundred gig. Right. Well, if you're paying a if you're paying a quid mm. for a, for five gig, mm-hmm. and then they're giving you a hundred. Uh huh. You're actually getting a deal there. Yeah, I know. You, if you, pay, if you yeah. pay a quid per five, do you know what I mean? I think the, they're actually doing your deal. The issue stems from the fact that I know I only need more cloud storage because my phone is full of like stupid screenshots and memes. It's not full of anything useful. Ah, like I see, you see anything. I'm on a like I'm shopping and I see a nice top and I screenshot it, send it to my friend. Suddenly there's a photo on my phone that I didn't need. It's my own fault, see, Tom. I just go through periodically and delete all of that shit. I need to, but I I have seventy thousand photos on my iPhone, and I'm you know stressed. on like Twitter when it's like post the last saved meme that you have, yeah. or whatever. I never have any of those because I just delete them. Oh, you're such a better person than me. Oh God. Yeah, but then I don't have anything interesting to post. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there is that. Not that not that I post very often. Yeah, but but know. when you do, but, it's a hit. Well. I don't like to brag. It's a hitter on the know, Twitter. I, I, I save it up. I save it up and then <laughs> the crowd go. The crowd goes wild, bringing it full circle. Oh, wow. We did that. Right, we I really did what. that. <laughs> How's your week tell been? You Have you been... I think you've been a bit of a busy bee. I was I was um, the week before last. Is that the week this before? Week been, oh, blimey. Yeah, this week I've been, it's been pretty chill. It's gone I was quick. actually off work ill. Oh, you This were, week has been pretty yeah. chill. I was actually off work ill. Bars. Absolute bars. But yeah, so this has been a chill week, the calm before the storm. Yeah. Um, next week's a pretty busy week. Damn. I'm actually um, just a little bit of logistics podcasting. Um, I'm actually almost a full week ahead on the movies. So Wow. It's a little bit 
I did have to like reset my brain when we were talking about this episode because I'm thinking about Star Trek Beyond and things like that, which we're not talking about this week. Oh, good. Yeah, I couldn't do that. If I'd watched next week's films, I think I would have forgotten. My my, my brain's gone a little bit like, what? Well, Who am I? I watched um, virtually all of the second half of Rosemary's Baby yesterday, so that's pretty fresh in my mind. And I finished Infinitely Polar Bear yesterday as well. So I've I've got it. I'm on it. Okay, good. You can you can guide me through because I have had a quick I'll remind refresh you in my happened. brain of what they're about. Yeah, but I did have to check my notes to be like, wait, what films did we watch? Yeah, <laughs> um, that that was so long ago in my brain. You're just thinking about Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. Spoilers for next week, but Star Trek: The Book of Life and Nina, which is the one that I haven't watched. Oh, yeah, that's the slightly controversial one, isn't yeah, it? Might be a bit of controversy from what I know, but, but we'll get there. But anyway. There. We, we're not, we're not talking about that this week. No. We'll, we'll save the controversy for next week. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to explain to people who've not listened before what this is about, this podcast? This little podcast, yeah. So this podcast is about um, movies, in case you hadn't gleaned. Um, it's where Tom and I, me and Tom, watch all of the given media films and such by um, one specific actor. We watch their whole cinematography, not cinematography, oh, fuck this, filmography. If you haven't left already after that shit description, <laughs> we... Do you know what, though? I I bought cinematography. I wouldn't have questioned you on it. It's They sound the same, <laughs> but they're they not the, the same. same. Um, so, yeah, season... Are you going to the cinema? Yeah. What are you going to watch? A film. Same thing. You've just blown my dick off with that. Straight off. <laughs> <laughs> I've choked. <laughs> Straight off. On, uh, on just the thought of your dick being blown. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, off. anywho, season one, we watched all of Robert Pattinson's filmography. Season two, we watched all of Ryan Gosling's filmography. And we're currently making our way through Zoe Saldana's filmography. So... Can I, can I say um, I think Ryan Gosling's would be a cinematography because every one of his films is cinema. I mean... You ain't wrong. You ain't. <laughs> I'm not wrong and I might just be right. Yeah, you might just be. So, yeah, we're having, we're having a bit of a hoot. Um, a hoot and nanny. Yeah, Zoe Saldana's filmography is um, shaping up to be an interesting one, I think. Yeah, it's getting a bit more varied now. Yeah, she was definitely um, side, like, sidestep side to the, yeah, the side character love interest for quite a while. I mean, she still kind of is, but whatever. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, she is, isn't she? Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this week we've watched, already hinted at slightly, Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Bebe. Infinitely Polar Bear. Mm-hmm. And Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that that's little little known film, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I didn't make very many notes for because I just enjoyed the film. Well, I'm relying on your Marvel nerdy ass nerdy marvel loving brain oh, to go through was, that because so, i actually didn't get chance so much trivia. to rewatch that this week but i have seen it about six times so i feel i feel oh, comfortable right, okay. talking about it well should we kick off with the lesser known of the films this week so we'll kick off with infinitely polar bear yes so infinitely polar bear yeah uh what's this film about emma this film is about a man, Mark Ruffalo, who has a bipolar disorder and he has like a psychotic breakdown, I guess, or like a psychotic break, I think they call it. 
and he mm. loses his job and he gets hospitalized and there's like this halfway house that he gets put in where his wife and kids visit him and it's kind of a bit back and forth timeline wise of like um his wife who is Zoe Saldana trying to get a better life for their kids by like applying to business schools to get a better job and him struggling struggling to look after the kids and it's just it's kind of one of those drama films where again it feels like maybe not a lot happens but it's quite sweet and the characters are like they go through a lot i suppose um you missed that you missed that key point Emma, what did i miss that um that zoe saldana goes to new york oh yeah sorry i, to I was clearly waiting for you to say that because that's your favorite your favorite thing. so i'm i'm cl- i'm claiming this is a new york set film i mean um, it could there be are argued. scenes set in new york so yeah i don't know where they are i can't remember where they are it's not Boston. Boston. Yeah, so the family are in Boston. She's going to business schools and studying in New York to send the money back to the family and make, yeah, a better life for the girls. Um, And it's a bit of a weird dynamic because Zoe Saldana is obviously a black woman and she is very aware of, like, her... how she's perceived by society, I suppose. So she tries really hard to be, like, polished and work hard and present herself well. And then Mark Ruffalo is a white man from a very wealthy family who basically lives like a pig. And there's a really good line in it where she's saying people find it charming and endearing when white people live, like, especially white men live like hobos. But when black people do it, it's like you get judged. So there's an interesting dynamic between them um, in that regard. Which, well, there's a lot of judgment as well, isn't yeah. there? About because it's set in the 70s. Yeah. About the fact that he's like being the stay-at-home husband. Yeah. And she's being the breadwinner. Yeah. And people, I think there's like a bit about um, someone saying like, like you must feel pretty shit that your wife's being the breadwinner. Yes. Or no, I I couldn't do what you did. Or I can't, couldn't do what you do, and like she's going off to be the breadwinner. Mm. Hmm. And that race is brought up quite a bit as well. I think. I wrote that. I think I've seen this clip before. But there's a bit where because um, they have two daughters, yeah. and one of them is a lot fairer skinned. Yeah, she just looks white, doesn't she? Skinned. Yeah, yeah. And the, she's talking to Zoe Saldana, and she's like, "Am I black? Mm-hmm. I, I feel embarrassed when I tell people that that I'm black." And she's like, "Yes, you are, because you're my daughter." Yeah. Um, and interestingly, this is uh, based on a true story. Ah. It's based on the director's that. the director's real life experience and her parents. Oh no! And actually, way. at the end of the credits, which I I missed this because I didn't didn't watch the end of the credits. At the end of the credits, the they show a picture of her real parents. Oh! And to add another layer, another layer, another layer. Um, the older daughter, the one who asks about whether she's black or not, is played by her real life daughter. Oh, which is quite interesting. I thought that's sweet. Learning that after the fact. It's added an extra layer to it. Yeah, that's really sweet. Wow. But yeah, I, I just thought it was really nice. It was nice. It didn't do very well critically. Well, not, I don't know how it did critically, but it didn't do very well financially. Well, again, I think it lost as I've said on this but... show a fair few times, I hadn't heard of it. Therefore, it can't have been successful because I would have heard of it. I am the be all and end all of cinema. <laughs> it's also really like, yeah, it's a bit of a niche film, isn't it? It feels more like a... It's a bit of a can. I don't film think it got. Um, I don't think. I don't think if it got. Yeah, a massively wide like commercial theatrical release. No, but it feels yeah more like a a 
film festival film. I found it quite distressing to watch in parts as well. Like as much as it was like a bit uplifting in parts, I found it like there are several scenes of Mark Ruffalo trying to look after the kids and he, because he has like bipolar and he doesn't take his lithium when he should and stuff, he kind of acts like a bit of a child as well and they sort of all fight and it's like there's three kids and there's just a lot of shouting and like swearing at each other and I just found it a bit stressful to watch in parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was funny. He like, but he's just like shouting at his children. Yeah, they, they all swear at each other and they're literally like 10, which I did find really funny. But it, it, you get the impression that they've had to grow up fast because like the kids come into the living room and they're like, dad, if you don't wash up, I'm going to do it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm not going to argue well, with that. Well, there's a bit, isn't there, where, where Zoe Saldana comes back and she's like, she says to one of the kids, like, you've you've grown up, like, you're so old yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they've had to grow up very quickly. Yeah, and like... To learn to deal with it. When Zoe's talking about moving away, the kids are like, but who's going to look after dad? She's like, he can look after himself. And yeah, you, you get the feeling that they feel like they have to look after him, even though it should be the other way around. And it is interesting. Mm. I, one of my notes was dad of the year, but I think that was meant to be sarcastic. <laughs> because he's quite, um, quite bad. Yeah, because so in the end, Zoe's like, she's trying to get a job back in Boston. Boston. But seemingly as soon as like places find out that she has kids, yep. they don't want to hire her. That's... Um, yeah, but being a woman, so she, so she decides that she's going to go to New York with the kids. New York, New with York. The kids. But then she decides that she can't do it, and it's sort of unclear. I didn't really understand what happened at the end, but it like cuts to a year later, and they're all a happy family again. Because it's like, are Zoe and Mark Ruffalo going to get back together? Did they ever break up? I don't know. It's sort of unclear throughout the whole thing. It's a weird, yeah. It's um, a really weird relationship. It's like you don't know whether they're apart, like well, yeah, whether they've broken up and. She seems to really care about him, but not romantically. But then yeah. they do have romantic moments, so it is a bit confusing. Well, because, yeah, there seems, there's like a bit where he's like, oh, we could move back in together and we could be a happy family or whatever. And he's like trying to sleep with her and she's like not really having any mm. of it. But then, but then they do, I think. And then, yeah, it's just very, I guess it's one of those weird sort of, it's weird because it's probably what happened in real life, right? Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. You know. Just one, just one of those. Just one of them. Things. It's just one of them. Happens to us all. Um, but I, I thought it was. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was, it was good. Enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Um, it was sweet. It's nice to see Mark Ruffalo too, because I'm a fan. Yeah, one well, of our yeah, Marvel boys. You know, um, you know, he's uh, he's in the Marvel films. Yeah. Um, there's also on the trivia. There's a bit where when Zoe Saldana goes away, he's like taking photos of it all. And he says, "I just, I just." He's like dressed in an entirely green suit, and he's like, "I just wish I didn't like a green bug." And then on the trivia, it's like Mark Ruffalo spent a lot of his time in the MCU as the Incredible Hulk, who is green. Thanks like, for yeah. thanks for clarifying. We had no idea. I'm sure that's what that was a reference to. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. Should we give this film a rating then? Yes. Would you like to explain our rating system? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god, our rating system. 
we tend to go for a rating based on our chosen actor's name. So <laughs> when we did Robert Pattinson, we had a chat on the back or a pat on the back uh-huh. um, with Ryan the Goosey Gosling. Which, interesting fact, I don't know if you know. Fuck, I know, Gosling I know exactly what you're about to is say. A baby goose. It was a juicy goosey or a loosey goosey. Yeah. And with Zoe Saldana, it's a Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Or a Zoe Saldana, which is interesting. I usually do that the other way around. Yeah. That felt weird coming out of my body. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably get that checked out. <laughs> uh, or. A let's go with Saldana or uh, Noe Saldana. Uh-huh. Or if it's just like a bit meh, sister's okay. <laughs> you know. I don't use okay enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that out I've, at some I've point. I've found often I, I sort of default to okay because sometimes they're just not... They didn't... They're neither here the nor there. The films haven't inspired a great emotion in me. <laughs> like I feel like to use yeah, like it ha- you have to like... You gotta feel, feel it. it in your chest. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. I completely know what you mean. You have to be infused. Infused, darling. But if it's just like a, I watched it. I didn't want to kill myself. <laughs> then that's all you can hope for, really. We should have had a okay equivalent for the Robert Pattinson series because a lot of his were surprisingly not making me want to kill myself, but they weren't good. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. With with his, it was like. All you can hope for is that it's not three hours long and full of and wanking. just him wanking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. If you if you can go in <laughs> and get out unscathed <laughs> with a wank, yeah, then um, oh, you, you've God. had a good time. You've, you've got your money's worth. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus, hey, so Christ. yeah, infinitely polar bear. Yeah. Also, the title is because. No one actually says infinitely polar bear, mm. but um, one of the kids, te- when they're telling their friends what's wrong with their dad, they say that he's polar bear. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's he's got bipolar. Yeah. It's not randomly called infinitely polar bear. It sounds like um, a John Green book, I think. Like it's it does, a bit actually. of a twatty title. <laughs> it does, actually. Yeah. They fell in love, um, like falling asleep. Suddenly, then all at once. That's, yeah, that could have been straight out of the film. No, slowly and then suddenly all at once. Oh, I can't remember the slowly quote. Slowly and then all at once, I think. Tiffios. I saw a, I saw a comparison recently between that quote and there's one from Hank Green's book. Oh, really? Yeah, where, where I think it is like he's making a reference to that quote. Aww. But he's like, but it's um like a really not poetically nice quote like i can't i can't remember what it is now hank's just not built the like, same yeah i think he's taken the piss out of it so it's just like <laughs> they it's like it's like i don't know let me just think of something it's like it's like when you throw jam at a wall <laughs> it falls slowly then suddenly falls off all uh, at once it's like, it's like that sort of thing that's funny that's not what it is at all i like that I don't one know though why i'm throwing jam at a wall <laughs> That's but, very yeah. Robert Pattinson behaviour. Yeah, yeah. Scooping jam Maybe out and globbing it Maybe out that's the wall. What it is. He scoops the jam out of his jars and just flings it, throws it at a wall. I bet we could make that into some sort of party game. How whose jam can fall last on the wall? Look, I think the, the less said about Rob's jam, the better. Um, Toe jam. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, infinitely polar bear. Shall we rate it? Yeah, it's got to be the longest rating in the history of man. It was a let's go for me. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a go for me. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it immensely. Mm, infinitely. All <laughs> 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 um, right, should we move on then to Rosemary's Baby? Yes, let's. So this is a two-part miniseries. Yeah, there's nothing mini which, about it though. Fucking hell! If you if you Google it, it's to- it is a four-hour event. Yeah, calling it actually, mini is a bit of a stretch. Each episode's an hour and twenty. So, like, obviously with adverts, I would imagine it would be four hours. But um, it's obviously uh, an adaptation of, I think, the book Rosemary's Baby. Not so much the. Um, is it a Roman Polanski film? Rosemary, I think Rosemary's Baby. I think yeah, there was a book, and then there was a nineteen sixty eight film, and then there was this. There's also a, a sequel book called Rosemary's Son. Oh God! Well, after watching the series, I'm intrigued because um, yeah, I didn't so, see that ending coming. <laughs> so, did you know anything about Rosemary's Baby before watching it? No, no clue. I knew only what you told me last week about that it's meant to be spooky, like potentially a horror. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what to expect, no. So, all I knew was obviously there's a baby and I knew I knew there's like... And a rosemary. I think, I think the post, yeah. I think <laughs> the poster for the film is like... Just like a one of those classic push chairs, mm, just on, like, like on a like stroller. A hill. And I've I've got like I've no, I've never seen the film, but I've got like in my head just like a a crib rocking back and forth, and there being like a de- I knew there was a demon baby involved. You knew there was a demon right? baby. Oh, yeah, this was yeah. such a shock to me. I had no idea. But it went in a different direction because it seemed to be suggesting that. We'll get into it, but it seemed to be suggesting that they were going to sacrifice the baby, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I got this completely wrong. Yeah, I thought, I thought they were going to like eat this, the baby. I thought it was like a Damien 666 spawn of the devil scenario, which, spoilers, it does turn out to be, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, so anyway, it's, it starts with a woman who is pregnant in Paris committing suicide. Um, yeah. And she's like... The name's an anagram. The name's an anagram, which is, uh, from doing some research, is a key part of the book. Yeah, you never would have known. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I don't I don't know what I thought was going to happen in this film, but I, I text Tom because I was watching it while I was at work. I really hope no one from my job is listening to this. But um, I was just like doing my silly little emails and I had Rosemary's Baby on my laptop and it starts real fucked up, yeah, with this woman, like, jumping out the window or whatever. And I was like, I cannot work in these conditions. This is so dark. Yeah. And then it cuts to Zoe Saldana and I don't know his name, but he's the guy from Suits. Oh, my God. Yes. Patrick J. Adams. I was so yeah. excited to see him because I'm such a big fan of Suits, but he was literally just playing Mike, pretty much. Like, they were the same yeah, character, yeah. virtually. So he's a... Uh... He's a writer. Apparently, Zoe has a penchant for writers in a these penchant? things. And she's pregnant and she goes to, uh, they're, they're having their scan. Yep. And they're like joking about it and it's all nice. And then the doctor's like, oh, uh, just bear with me a sec, mm. Rosemary. Uh, I'm just going to go get someone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And there's no heartbeat and trigger warning. Yeah. Probably. Trigger warning uh, for baby loss. Turn it off. Turn it off now. Jazz miscarriage. And then, can I just say, by the way, mm-hmm. obviously, horrible, horrible experience goes without saying. Yeah. Cuts to three months later. Largely unaffected 
by the miscarriage. Mm. She seems quite jolly. Mm. Like, I was expecting to, there to be a bit more... De- just um, at least some, like a sprinkle of depression. <laughs> but she's just like, oh, yeah, move to Paris. Yeah, mm, yeah, girl fun. Yeah. Yeah, just a bit yeah. strange. It, if, I think it just... Three months is a long time to get over something like that if you're ready to but i think it was just the way it was cut it was such a mood shift from like we've just lost our baby to like oh my god we're going to paris <laughs> yeah 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 it was like so oh they okay decide, they decided to move to paris because her boyfriend has got like a he's becoming a lecturer at some school yeah right and uh thanks to her friend whose name i cannot julie. remember julie julie who, i love julie uh, she was in an episode of Doctor Who. Ooh, which one? I thought I recognised her. Season three, episode two, The Shakespeare Code. Ah. She was um, one of the carrier knights. Do you know what? Wow. Wow. She was a witch in it, which I thought was quite... Witch, I thought was quite good. Because <laughs> obviously this is a bit um spooky. Oh, yeah, she was Lilith. I'd recognise her face anywhere. Love that. That crusty old witch face um which makes us she's actually a very pretty lady she is very pretty but, um, lady yeah very nice in in the episode of doctor who that she was in her character had was out outwardly pretty and then she'd like yeah. lure men back to her humble abode and then, and then she then was a crusty witch turn around and she'd have <laughs> have prosthetics on that made her look like a crusty witch <laughs> um so but crusty. that's all that i can see unfortunately uh-huh yeah so anyway She's like her gal pal. Yeah, besties. And then they're like walking through Paris having a a gay old time. Uh-huh. And then she's... Oh, by the way, when they had the miscarriage and she's walking out of the hospital, like some guy with a beard and a weird cane is sat in the hospital <laughs> and, like, and like eyes are blue up. eyes. Yeah, he's got like bright blue eyes. Yeah. That'll, that'll come back into it later. Uh-huh. Um, and then... I think he's possibly there, like, eyeing her up in the street again and she gets a bit entranced. Yeah. And then someone steals her bag, mm-hmm. her purse. So she chases this guy down, he gets hit by a car, mm-hmm. drops her purse, she picks it up and she finds someone else's purse in there. So she finds the address, she goes to this house and it's, like, a really posh, like, apartment building or whatever. Yeah, like, typical, like, Parisian townhouse sort of vibes. Yeah, and she befriends this woman um, whose purse it is and she, they invite her to the her and her partner to this um party in the evening to yeah. thank her for yeah. returning her purse and uh it's got w- real like eyes wide shut vibes going on mm-hmm. and her husband is um jason isaacs that's his name i couldn't remember his name daddy malfoy yeah i fucking Lucius. love him i love him so much i was so pleased with this cast like it just kept getting better yeah and then so they're like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll be friends. And then Zoe goes into, like, a different room. <laughs> and the guy with the blue eyes is there having, like, an orgy. <laughs> That's and when I knew we were in for a treat when that happened. And he's, like, like he's got these women, like, rolling around naked all over him. Mm-hmm. But he's just sat there in bed staring at Zoe. Yeah, she gets a bit hot under the collar. She gets a bit, bit, whoo, hello. <laughs> Ooh, so then mama. she jumps on her boyfriend. She's like, we've got to leave because I'm going to, like, shag you yeah and they go oh before you leave we've got you a present (laughs) and they give them a cat a black cat which is very specific Mm. specific. i wonder mm, yeah so they yeah they uh, seems a bit witchy they give her a a cat and they're like yeah of course we'll keep it yeah sure 
<laughs> and then why why do they have to move apartments? Oh, the apartment burns down that they're staying in. Yeah, they wake up one night and there's a fire in the kitchen that's come out of nowhere. And then, yeah, um, Margot, the woman who's given the cat, is like, oh, we have an apartment. You can stay in. You have to pay any more than you do now. It is a very sought after area. You are welcome to stay. <laughs> that was that was beautiful. Thank you. Um, just, re- just rewinding, by the way. Do you know where they moved to Paris from? Are you gonna? Uh, uh, are you gonna? Are you gonna say New York? <laughs> was it actually? Yeah, actually, was because I've got it in my notes. She mentioned New York. I forgot. Yeah, because also at the beginning they're talking about like which basketball, hockey team, which whichever one the Knicks are. Yeah, they're talking about that they support them. Oh they yeah, met of a course. Knicks game or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, jumping back into the story. They're like, yeah, you can stay in our apartments. They do. And then they've bought them loads of clothes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they get to the apartment. And they basically the just become the, like, keepers. Yeah, they get to the apartment and the wardrobe is full of, like, brand new clothes and, like, sexy underwear and stuff that's in their exact right size. And it's, like, very strange. It's very weird. Mm, very, very strong. Very strong. And he, his career starts going well at the university, doesn't it? Yeah. And stuff like this. And he's got writer's block. And then suddenly one night his writer's block ends and he Mm -hmm. writes this amazing novel and then Jason Isaacs is like I can help you get it published or whatever and things start going really well for him yeah and I think a few bizarre things happen like they're just in their apartment without telling them and there's a weird oh fucking weird guy that does like um oh the maintenance jobs around the apartment he's like yeah the maintenance guy he walks around on all fours like a dog (laughs) and he's got like a really lob lob lopsided face yeah and he's he's deaf or something that doesn't have a tongue so he just grunts (laughs) or he's like mentally stunted it's so fucking stupid though because like zoe comes home one day into the apartment and this yeah this maintenance guy's there like making strange noises and zoe obviously screams like who the fuck is this and Can that- i say that's that's the only bit that scared me out of all of oh, this, him was when she came back and he just comes running down the corridor because yeah. the first time you see him it, it's just like it just doesn't look natural no 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 like you don't see someone running around no. like that, do you? so i was like what the and fuck it's is the way this and that, then i was like oh it's the way the woman Margot's like oh don't worry like he's just a maintenance guy he just doesn't have a tongue don't worry about him and i was thinking you think you would mention it right that there's a maintenance guy who doesn't have a tongue who runs around on all fours who's going to be in your apartment while you're out like you think you would mention that and she's like, what? Yeah. Why are you worrying for? It's like, obviously, <laughs> you know why she's panicking. And then... Um, this is the start of the psychological torment. <laughs> after, after he... Because she says, oh, he's he's here to like do something with the fireplace or something. Yeah. And uh, then Zoe's like, there's not a fireplace in this room mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So then she finds a secret entrance bom, bom, bom. to another room. And in that room, she finds a picture of a couple. And the couple is the lady who jumped out the window at the beginning. Yeah. So there's like some spooky energy in the apartment. Yeah. So then she becomes obsessed with who this couple is. Oh, and also at one of these parties, they've befriended, she's befriended like the chief of police. (laughs) Just randomly. (laughs) Inspector Clouseau was at the party. Yeah. (laughs) And he, he like, she asks him to like do some research about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm forgetting like which parts this, all this stuff happens in. I don't know. I think this is all still part one. And then yeah. basically 
suits guys like I want to get pregnant because mm-hmm. he basically like falls under the wing of um, Jason Isaacs and his wife. Yeah. And uh, he becomes a bit, yeah, obsessed. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, you should get pregnant. You should get her pregnant. And they give her a necklace or something that will help her with fertility or something. With an upside down cross on it. That doesn't seem weird. <laughs> and then they're like, he's like, it's baby night or whatever. <laughs> or something like that. And because uh, oh, his books, his books have, has been like picked up to be published. So he's like, tonight's the night we're gonna have sex. Gross. And we're gonna ha- make we're gonna make a baby. <laughs> and they they give her like some. The, the wife has like an amazing herb garden or something. So she makes her some herbal brew that will like some green make, juice help with her fertility. Hulk juice. And then Zoe's like, I feel really weird. Blah blah blah. blah. And he's like, Yeah, she, I feel really warm inside. That's what she says. And he's like, yeah, let's let's have the sex. And then she has like a really weird dream where the guy with the blue eyes is back and is like fucking her. But everybody else is stood around watching them. Yeah, like the like the woman is like making out with her and stuff. It's really oh, weird. Yeah, so there's a bit before that where like they just go like, they're just in the house or whatever. Yeah. And she just like walks up to her and just like, is like clearly trying to like seduce her and then like kisses her Ugh. and then just walks off. And it's just never addressed again. no. So weird. And then, yeah, at the end of the episode, she's having this dream that she's having sex with this guy. And then just to make sure that you know, she's like, this isn't a dream. This is real. Oh, yeah. I remember her saying that and thinking, that's a bit on the nose. Because I put, you just had to differentiate that this isn't a dream. Yeah. Just for the viewer there. Yeah. And that's the end of part one. And then she wakes up and she's got like cuts all over her, like nail marks. And then um, he's like, oh, sorry, I've cut my nails. Her boyfriend, she's like, what, we had sex last night. I just passed out. Did you have sex with me unconscious? And he's like, no, no, you were into it too. And he's got scratches on him as well. And I have I found this out because I read up on the original. Right. In the original film or book or whatever, he does have sex with her when she's unconscious. Ooh. Because I put, wait, 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 wait you, you shagged her while she was like unconscious. Yeah. But so that's in this, rape. they make it clear that he didn't. Yeah. But in the original, he did. Right. Yeah. Well, um, that, that's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, she is pregnant. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, becomes really ill. Yeah. She, she, the baby is not good for her. And she has like, you kind of. I think you're meant to think that something fucked up's happening with the baby, but they kind of explain it away as that, I can't remember what it's called, but that illness women get where they're super vomity during yeah, pregnancy. Yeah. And yeah, you're not not really sure what's going on, but... And they like recommend her their doctor. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you don't, it's fine. Um, just make whatever her name is with her herbs. She'll make you a concoction. Mm-hmm. And uh, just keep taking that. So she's drinking like this horrible herb drink every day. Yeah. And um, but she's so yeah, they're like, ill. They're like keep taking it, and she gets really like so so ill. Like, they- and she's telling her friend like, I think I'm gonna die, <laughs> basically. So then her friend takes her to a, her a doctor. Yeah. Who she's slept with uh-huh. instantly. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, we need to get you an MRI. Oh my god! I found this whole part so distressing like as a woman obviously i've never had a baby Mm. and i can't pretend to know what it's like but like i found i find people having an opinion on what she should do with her body really distressing she's in so much like 
pain and she's literally begging her husband for help and she's so upset and she like she can't sleep she's losing weight like she looks so ill and I found it so distressing to watch no one giving her help and her husband not listening to her and it reminds me of just like I mean it's a bit different but that trope in horror films and like just any spooky movie where there always seems to be like one hysterical woman who's trying to prove to everyone that something fucked up's going on and then her husband or boyfriend who just won't listen to her for whatever reason it happens in like orphan and insidious and stuff like that like there's always the man the the invisible man yeah it's the same thing it's like no one will listen to the, the to the like hysterical woman and i found it really upsetting like when she was like when she because I, I mean zoe's acting is fucking phenomenal in this like she's so good and like the way she is like crying for help and everyone's mm. just brushing her off i found it so stressful but obviously it's really good because it should ev- evoke that reaction from you if that makes yeah, sense so but yeah the it's... only person who is listening to her is her friend isn't it julie <laughs> my and queen then, then, i love julie it's then like revealed that she had like an affair with his her husband yeah because he at some point she's saying to patrick adams can't remember the character's name oh guy his name's guy Um, oh his name is guy yeah she's saying to guy like you need to listen to your wife she's so ill you need to take her to get an mri and he's like um you're only saying that because you've slept with the doctor and now suddenly you think he knows everything and then she says well i've slept with you too like that doesn't mean i can't see people for what they really are and then they sort of stop arguing she gives him a hug because he starts crying and then he starts trying to kiss her. I was like, what but the it's fuck? All, it's all a ruse to steal her crucifix necklace. Huge ruse. So then he can give it to Jason Isaac so they can do some voodoo magic and they get her killed. It's, a, oh God, it's an awful scene. So Julie is like some sort of chef, like a trainee oh, chef. No, when, 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 they, when they first moved to Paris, they're like, Oh, we should both start cooking classes so that we can learn to cook. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. They, there's a few scenes of them both training. That's but she's it. Just there Sorry, on her yeah. Own. So yeah. she's doing like a chef's class, and um, as soon as like the scene with guys happened, you get the feeling something bad might follow. And she's got, I think, a hot pan of oil cooking ready mm. for her to throw some food in, and it's like a couple, like maybe like a minute of her going back and forth from this pan, and you're just thinking oh jesus christ and then i think she slips and the the hot oil goes all over her face and then she smashes her head off the floor and she dies and i was just like julie no so then zoe just gets gets zero help i know the the guy the boyfriend of the girl who killed herself at the beginning he like shows up and shoots jason isaacs <laughs> but then the wife does some like voodoo so that he survives and then the guy who shot him is well she goes into like his operating room and kills him basically yeah and she's on cctv and no one knows that it's her until um so he goes to the police officer's house yeah uh, no office and is like Oh, why have you got a picture of her on the wall? Yeah. And he's like, oh, is that who that is? She's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what she was wearing the night that he was shot. Yeah. And then, yeah, they basically discover that there's been loads of women have lived in the apartment over the years. And um, gone missing. Have gone missing mm. or shown up like with their hearts missing and things like this. Blech. And that there's, there's a guy that lived in the apartment building yeah. who was like linked to a satanic cult or something. I mean, but it's just classic textbook, isn't and it, it? And it's it's the blue-eyed guy that she keeps seeing, and she sees him around the building. My blue-eyed guy. 
or or I think you're at least supposed to think that. But yeah. And it's basically eventually revealed that the blue-eyed guy who lived there in like the 1800s and is photographed in the 1800s is Jason Isaacs. <laughs> and it, in the one photo, it's just him with a beard, and no one's noticed <laughs> um, all these all these years. But yeah, it's, it's sort of like in, she goes to she finds out that the woman who killed herself she was part of this church mm-hmm. and. Um, she goes to see the church and then the guy that she goes to see at the church is killed. And then the policeman's like, yeah, it's him. Um, I'm going to help you come meet me at this place. And then on the way there, he like starts sweating blood or something and he crashes his car and he's like killed. No, 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 no. He starts sweating blood out of his mouth or whatever. Gets out. You think, yes, he's made it. And then he gets hit by a lorry. Oh, he gets hit by a... And Zoe watches it and it's like, fuck. It's like Final Destination. Once you get marked by those people, you are dead. (laughs) Yeah. And then... Oh, and then the anagram thing comes into it because um, if you rearrange his, if you rearrange le- his... the letters of his name, oh, isn't it like Roman Castavet rearranged yeah, is the name of the devil guy, which I can't remember what it's it is. like. The it's like I am Tom Riddle is <laughs> no Tom Riddle is I am Lord Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, it's the same <laughs> it's like, thing. It's something that you would never work out. I was like... kind of all in on the film until that point, and then I was like, that's just a bit cheesy. <laughs> but apparently, that's like the big thing that's like from the book they could have done without the anagrams i I just found it a bit corny um but anyway at this point she's like better like at a certain point the baby just stops like eating her alive yeah and um she's about to have the kid and then she sort of realizes that she doesn't want the baby or something I, i don't really remember or she does want the baby but she wants to get out of the house but he, the guy, doesn't want to leave because he knows that all his success and everything is tied to... She, something happens. She wants to get away after she realises the anagram and she's like, "I'm. we need to go back to New York, New York. And he's like, we can't go. You're about to have the baby. And then she escapes somehow, goes to the nice doctor and she's like, please don't take oh, me to the hospital. Yeah, 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 please yeah, don't take yeah, me to yeah. the hospital because I'll know where I am. I don't want my husband. I don't want anyone. But she's spouting all this shit yeah, about Satan. Yeah, she's spouting Satan all this like, oh, it's the devil. And then he's like, we'll, we'll put you to sleep and then we'll, te- we'll transfer betrayal. you to a hospital. And then, yeah, when she wakes, I think her husband and Roman or the old guy come in and he's like, she's a danger to herself at this point because she's chatting so much shit and she's made herself sound crazy, basically. Um, mm. And then, yeah, when she wakes up, um, her husband says she's been in a coma after the birth and the baby didn't make it. So he cremated the baby without asking her, which is like, I mean, in itself is so bad. You can't do that. Um, yeah. And she's obviously heartbroken. And then I can't fully remember how it happens, but she goes back to the apartment and she starts lactating from her titties. Yeah. And, she's and then like, she hears mm, the baby crying. What? And then the baby that you can hear the baby crying from another room and she goes into the other room and the baby is there under some like red veil yeah and then they're all like crowded around the baby and um she's like you 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 kept my baby from me yeah because and also she thought that they're going to sacrifice the baby yeah to preserve to prolong their life mm-hmm. that's how they get their power or whatever mm-hmm. um but they've kept the baby alive and she's like i'm not going to let you kill it and then she basically realizes that um, the baby has like bright blue eyes. Yeah, just like the creepy man from the start. Ooh. And then they're like, yeah, it's the devil baby. Oh, and the fucking, sorry, the husband, who is like enemy number one in this, even worse than Jason Isaacs and that, is like, 
I didn't think it would be an issue because it's just like you had another miscarriage. <laughs> Basically yeah, I saying, I, I didn't think you'd care that we give them our baby because it's no different to what happened last time. I've never wanted to strangle a movie character more. He's such a... He's a disgusting person. I hate him. Such a can't. Such a quaint. Quaint. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't remember what the very last frame is or she, what happens. It, it's from, again, from everything that I've read about it, the key part is that she wants to kill the baby, but then her maternal instinct kicks in and she, the baby starts crying and she picks up the baby and starts like mother mothering it yeah and um it's like sort of insinuated that she yeah, she's going to care for it because she's its mother i just don't the get end. the point but okay yeah like the, if they sacrificed it to prolong their like vampireness, that made sense but what do they mm. gain from oh i guess he wanted a kid yeah uh, yeah crazy yeah it just sort of it it got away from me sort a bit. Of goes nowhere doesn't it yeah, it was. It, I feel like if it had been more of an out and out horror, it might have been a bit better. But it yeah. was just really long and just. I guess, like, like you've. I think you had more of um, a reaction to it than I did. Mm-hmm. I like, which is understandable because mm-hmm. it's not something that I've ever really experienced or. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So for me, I was like, oh, this. No one's listening to her. Mm. But I wasn't like this is horrific. I was just like, oh, I was like, I was feeling, I was feeling quite upset by it. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. Um, it was. But I do agree, it was way too long. It could have just been a two-hour film. It didn't need to also, be four hours. Also produced by Zoe Saldana and her two sisters. Oh really? I didn't notice yeah. that. In the oh, I noticed it in the first no episode. Way. It said like produced by, and there was like three Saldanas, and I was like, oh, I wonder how Zoe got cast in this. Oh, I mean, Fez. And apparently she was the only choice for um, Rosemary. Uh. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the only fact I've got about it as well. There's not not any other facts. Wow. Well, should we give it a rating anyway? Yeah, let's rate it. I, I thought it was okay. I'm gonna give it a okay because it was too long. Yeah, it would have been a let to goy if it was shorter, but it was too long. Okay, let's move on then. Finally, to Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians um, of the Galaxy. I literally watched Guardians, I think, a month ago. So I feel confident. Really? I feel confident. Yeah, we rewatched them all before um, Black Widow comes out because I was like, I want to be fresh for the MCU. Can I be? Can I be honest with you, Emma? I'm going to tell you this live on air. Okay. I obviously asked you if we could go and see Black Widow. Yeah, you saw and it, didn't you? You fucking been, saw it. I've been. I'm going to be very busy. Uh, I. I was a wanker and paid for it on Premier Access on Disney+. Plus. Oh, did you? Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you because you I'll, probably I'll, aren't... I'll watch, I'll watch it with you again. You probably but... ain't going to have time to get to the cinema anytime yeah. soon, though, and I don't blame you because I don't imagine you could wait. Nope, that's fine. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But, yeah. You know, we've still... There's still plenty of other things to watch, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to see I'd... Black Widow tomorrow, so... I just thought, you know... Well, there you go. Just thought I'd be honest with you. Well, I appreciate um, your honesty, Tom. That's yeah. what that's what good friends do. Anyway, Guardians Anywho. of the Galaxy. I think this is up there as one of my favourite Marvel films. Is it? Yeah, <gasps> and I, I've said before. I've said before. There's not many films that I've been to see more than once in the cinema. Mm. Didn't you see this then, three times? Uh, no, that was the Greatest Showman. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I saw this twice though. Okay, nice. I'm trying to think of the other ones that I've been to see more than once. But yeah, this, this, I think this was the first film that I went for a repeat viewing of. 
to you were a fan then? In, in my life yeah no i really i i remember going to see it and thinking that is su- that was such a good film that was such a good experience and until mm. uh, until infinity war this was the highest rated marvel film was it yeah i think it's because and you'll have way more opinions and and knowledge on this than me but i think it's because it was so so fun and so mm. different like with the soundtrack and like the soundtrack is iconic like everyone loves can i the- tell you what the soundtrack <laughs> so good right, right. so <laughs> I- i've got so many the facts about the soundtrack but um this was the first this the soundtrack to this film awesome mix volume one because mm-hmm. um, they released three soundtracks yeah um because there's obviously like the marvel music as well yeah um but that went to number one on billboards top 100 or whatever wow and that's the first movie soundtrack ever to get to number one with no original music wow because obviously it's just a a compilation yeah and um james gunn selected a hundred did he get did he start with 120 or he whittled it down to 120 but basically went on billboards top lists uh, and got a list of loads of songs from the era that he wanted so yeah. I think it was from like 1979 yeah. to 1980 whenever Peter Quill is yeah. like taken and then whittled it down to like a list of 120 yeah and then used that so he either directed scenes well he directed all the scenes to the music yeah and had the music on set and all that or he he picked the songs and then used them to inspire scenes in the film so like it was all written around like pop music around and stuff. It, like the yeah. music was an integral part of it that's really cool and he, yeah. I think he said, he said like he has a list of songs that are like these are Peter Quill songs that he would listen to. Mm. Um, and I don't think, I don't think this film or Guardians Two, which I'm sure we'll get onto in future weeks, would be the same films without the soundtrack. I think. No, I think when like, you think Guardians, you think of, of the mixtape, don't you? And um, don't ask me for examples because I haven't prepared any, and my brain's not working um, today. But I feel like this, like a lot of films, have tried to copy this by having like action sequences and like a fun film to that very specific era of movies and i feel like it happens in every trailer you see in the cinema now and and so many films you watch now stuff like suicide squad has just copied it suicide squad was the one i was gonna say yeah which is interesting because james gunn's directed the new one yeah well (laughs) he probably saw that and thought well you've tried to copy what i did but you did it shit so let me do it it certainly did it affected tra- movie trailers. 100%. Yeah. Where, yeah. So, so the trailer for this was Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede was, play- was played over the trailer. So that, it, like, I feel like every trailer yeah. after this came out had, like, some... Some, like, 70s... Or 80s song Dad on rock, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the moment, I feel like the the trend is to have a slowed down, melancholy version of a a pop song. Yeah. To, like, what's, I forget what film it was. Has like crazy in love, but it's like Gonna really slowed down. It's an isolated, isolated vocal, usually I, female. I honestly hate it. I really hate that trend. I can't stand it. Stop doing it. Just stop. But when I when I tell you that the Awesome Mix Volume One was the soundtrack to my life for at least two, three years after this film came out, I think it still is. And then expanded to awesome mix volume two <laughs> and then now to um awesome mix volume three <laughs> no no it, i've got that playlist on spotify that someone's made which oh, is, in, in guardians two it's given, 
he gets given a zoom, doesn't he? Yes. So, so someone's made a playlist of all the songs that they think would be on it. That's so um, cool. Really clever. But, yeah. Oh, it's just such a good... Like, the opening. Oh. Like, yeah. with the titles. Um, Come and get your love. Oh, Come my God. get your love. So good. Should I reel you off all my facts that I've Yeah, got? I feel like it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's such a popular film. Pretty much everyone's seen it. We don't need to go through it play by play like Rosemary's Baby. But I feel like yeah. people want to know the cold, hard facts or the warm, soft facts. <laughs> the, the, these, this is no... By no means an extensive list because like as with like the Star Trek ones, there's just so many, so fucking um, many. And, yeah. But there's some. There was someone here because I know quite a lot of Marvel trivia because I'm one of those wankers. Oh, he's great. Anything you want to know, just ask Tom. But there was some stuff in here that I didn't know. So this is mainly oh. stuff that I'm like, you know, them like YouTube videos. It's like stuff you might have missed, stuff you may not know. Ten things you may have missed in Guardians of the Galaxy. So I, um. I'll r- rattle off all my Vin Diesel ones first. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> yeah. So Vin Family. Diesel recorded all of his lines for Groot um, in several different languages, including Russian, Mandarin, Spanish, Portuguese, German, and French, so that he could use his voice in all of the foreign versions around the world. I so love obviously, that. Like, they usually they usually get like someone in to do their voice. Yeah, the dubs and stuff. Because he was just yeah. saying, "I am Groot." He just recorded it in all the different languages. I wonder Although, what it is in like Russian. Well. It, I, f- I didn't really write this fact down, but I read one that was like, in Dutch uh, and some other languages, Groot means big. Oh. So like he's saying, I, I am, am big. big. But also, obviously, he didn't just do it like, he didn't just say I am Groot once because he recorded every line differently. Well, you've got to have the different like emotions and volume well, and And in, in the script, nuances. apparently James, James Gunn wrote what he's actually saying. In, oh really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know. So, like the only one that I know, and it's not in this film. Mm-hmm. It's in um, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. But it, in Infinity War, spoilers when everyone gets snapped and Groot <laughs> get Groot gets disintegrated. Um, he says, "I am Groot to Rocket," and apparently that's like he's saying something like "Dad." No, like, shut up! Yeah. Shut up! Oh God! Oh my anyway, heart! So he recorded. He has what the lines actually are, so that he can put in what he's trying to emote with them. Oh. But um, and apparently he recorded over one thousand takes or something for the film. Just in, I think that's just just in English. Oh my god! And then this is one that I didn't know mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Vin Diesel, but apparently he recorded his lines wearing stilts. <laughs> so that he could get a sense of how large Groot is. <laughs> and then another one that I saw was like. When he went to premieres and stuff, he would wear a shirt that says "I am Groot" on it. But also, he um, would wear the stilts. He'd wear the stilts to premieres and stuff. Oh my god! I need to find a picture of him. (laughs) The premiere. And then um, this one's quite nice. Okay. According to Vin, my man Vin, um, his performance as Groot helped him through a dark time in his life. He was dealing with the loss of his best friend and Fast and Furious co-star and Zoe Saldana co-star Paul Walker. Can we not do this right now? (laughs) It was the first time I came back to dealing with human beings after dealing with death. So playing a character who celebrates life in the way Groot does was very nice. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's really sweet, but I've just seen a picture of him (laughs) (laughs) in his stilts. I will post this on Instagram, everyone. I'm just going to send it to you now, Tom, because you've got to see this. How did we not see this at the time? I don't know. I when I read it, I was like, 
Because I read the fact about him wearing the stilts to the premiere first, and I was like, why is he wearing stilts? I didn't think he was on set for it. But it's because he wore them in the recording studio. That's so fucking funny. That's all my Vin Diesel facts, I believe. Um, I love this those. One, this one is um, a, a little reference for Star Trek. Oh. So before the final big battle, um, the Guardians are all together in a circle. And they one by one stand up. I'm sure you remember the scene well. Yeah, I do. And then Rocket Rocket says, um, uh, now I'm standing up. Um, we're mm-hmm. all a bunch of idiots stood in a circle or whatever. Yeah. Um, this isn't the fact, but apparently that line was improvised by Sean Gunn, who is James Gunn's brother. And he's, oh. he stands in for Rocket on set. Oh. But when Rocket stands up, he distinctly performs what is known in the Star Trek universe as the Picard Maneuver. Oh yeah. Do you know what the Picard maneuver is? I d- I've heard, I've heard it, but I couldn't describe it to you. No. He stands up and with both hands or paws, he tugs the bottom of his uniform top, presumably to ensure a nice crisp fit. Oh. But that's what that's what Patrick Stewart does in Next Generation. Whenever he stands up, he pulls his uniform down, and it's become affectionately called the Picard maneuver. That's cute. No, I didn't um, know that. But it's it's unknown whether this was intentional. Or you know, or it's just a coincidence, but people have taken it as that's what it is. I um, I've sent you the Vin Diesel photo. I I implore you to look at it. Oh, I yeah, I'll look it, at it. Now. It will make it will make your day. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> look, he's like he's like doing a catwalk as well. He looks like an absolute legend, a Absolutely total legend. Strutting his stuff. He's strutting his funky stuff. Yeah. Oh my right. god. <laughs> Continue, continue with um, the facts. Apparently Bradley Cooper was paid more for this film, voicing Rocket, than he was for his roles in Silver Linings Playbook and The Hangover combined. I can believe it. I mean, first of all, Marvel have probably a much bigger budget. Second of all, yeah. Rocket's the best character. Well, He's the best James, character. Gunn, James Gunn said the reason that he wanted to do this film was because um was for rocket and then apparently after it was like really well received and that he because po- i think like rocket's his favorite character basically yeah um he like posted a thing online thanking everyone for the response to the film and for allowing i think it said something like allowing a raccoon to make us all feel a little bit more human or something that's like really that. cute. Yeah, I I love Rocket so much. He's always been my favorite character. Um, I think I think he gets him. just gets much more development in the second as well. He does. Um, yeah, I think they probably good. realized, didn't they, that people love him and they mm. they lent into that a little bit. And then here's a the little fact. I mean, the first part of this fact you'll know because we were highlighted at the time. The second I was not aware of. Okay. Bradley Cooper and Zoe Saldana starred as a couple in the romance film The Words. Yep. Loved it. Great film. And were in an off-screen relationship until shortly before production of this film started. Really? Apparently so. No way. I had no idea. Neither did I. Oh, my God. They so look that, great that together. That was a shock to me. Aww. It's like, um, it's like Ryan Gosling all over again with his like secret romances with co-stars. I know. Although, yeah, Zoe and, and um, Bradley, that's a nice little, nice little pair, so to speak. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and then this is a Zoe Saldana fact. She nearly broke Chris Pratt's ribs while filming a fight sequence. Oh, dear. Uh, during training, 
Pratt and Saldana would wear protective gear so they could actually hit each other. Mm. Uh, how, however, however, when the day came to film the scene, Pratt forgot to wear his protective gear and didn't tell her because he thought that she would hold back if she knew. So she was under the impression that he was still wearing it and kicked him square in the ribs, um, which made him fall to the ground. And according to Chris Pratt, he had a bruise on his um, like ribs for the rest of filming. Is he crazy? Like, what what do you think is going to happen if she kicks you without your protective gear on? Such a knob. <laughs> or maybe he just didn't, didn't think she was going to hit him that hard, but... She's a bad bitch. She's a bad bitch. She's a bad bitch. A bad bitch. A bad bitch. That's pretty much all. There's just... I've got a few about, like, ad-libs and stuff that made it into the film, but I feel mm-hmm. like people know that. It says a bit like where he lifts up the orb with mm. the infinity stone in it and he drops it. Mm-hmm. That was just Chris Pratt being um, clumsy. Oh, I uh, actually didn't they, know that. And then they kept it in the film. Oh, that's and really then cool. there's a bit where he's like, he like flips off the camera when they're, he's being interrogated. That was improvised. and I, I feel I, like it was very free set. I struggle because I really went off Chris Pratt for several reasons. I was going to say, I, I knew that you have issues with yeah, Chris Pratt. and it's a shame because I love Guardians and like I don't like to be one of them people that's like, that maybe doesn't like something because of the person that's in it. But I just like, I just, it just rubs I, me up the wrong way. I think the issue is after, because this was like his boom in popularity or certainly oh yeah when For I became sure. aware of him. Yeah, yeah. And after this, he was just in fucking everything, wasn't he? I think that was it, yeah. He... He was in everything, and obviously he had that very public um, affair, um, cheated on Anna Faris, which, you know, isn't great, but See, it happens. Thing, though, it I, happens. Has that actually been confirmed? I think so, yeah. I don't know. And then the thing that got me was him abandoning his cat. Like, that. that's not okay. You know how I feel about cats, so... Yeah. He, um... Yeah. He did something recently, I say recently, it was, you know, it was in the pandemic, so... Mm. Type- time is just a flat circle yeah yeah um it's something to do with that onward that he was at that pixar film oh yeah i mean that was he great like, he got so yeah but he like oh what did he do he did something bad he like got people to it was like he was like supporting like a pride day or something i remember and then he but it, it was actually a post to get people to vote for it for people's choice award or something yeah he is just not a very likable actor but, and i'm not saying he has to be because i don't think you should have to be to be a good actor because he is great and like quill is awesome and i, I like the films but i think it's one of them isn't it where you 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 get a dislike for someone and it just puts a bit of a Bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> a tick in the Chris Pratt column, uh-huh. though, is apparently he stole his Star Lord costume from this with the, for the express purpose of visiting children's hospitals. I mean, I mean, you've got to give him that, haven't you? And plus, yeah. I love Jurassic World, and he's great in Jurassic World too. I think I'm just being mean. He's never really done anything super wrong. He's just annoying. Sorry, do you like him in Jurassic World or the second one? Because you said he's great in Jurassic World too. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're so funny <laughs> for the record both both are good <laughs> yeah guardians of the galaxy is just great also you might you might challenge me on this i don't find the chemistry between him and gamora very believable oh really no i don't i don't i don't feel it in my plums oh i like the bit where they're you know they're having a bit of a dance mm, oh to be fair 
Yeah. And she's got the headphones on and they're like, you're like, oh, well, this is also the first Marvel film not to feature a romantic kiss. Oh, really? The first one? They almost kiss, but they don't actually kiss. I just don't love them together. I don't know. It's just not relevant, is it, Emma? But oh, I'm just saying also, it anyway. Zoe wanted to take this part, or she wanted to do this part using through prosthetics and practical makeup, not through performance capture or CGI. Mm. Which I thought was quite interesting. That is cool. I, she posted you a know, lot of pictures of her like greened up on her Instagram and stuff. And yeah, it looks awesome. But I thought that was interesting considering that she did stuff like Avatar. And I wondered if that affected her choice. Yeah, maybe she to... felt she couldn't perform the same as... I can't remember her name. Natiri? No, not Natiri. Is it Natiri? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she felt it like is, she'd, yeah. she'd been there and done that with all the CGI and she just wanted to be full, full mm. alien... But yeah, I'm excited for um, Guardians 3. Yeah, Which I isn't going to come out for a few years. They're also doing a Christmas special on Disney Plus as well. That's going to be great, I think. It's funny, yeah. Th- this didn't used to be one of my favourite Marvel films. When I first saw Guardians, it, I don't think it cap- captivated me in the way it did with you. But then re-watching it again this year, I like it a lot more. And, and 2 as yeah, well. I'm, 2 is my favourite. I'm a sucker for 80s nostalgia though, aren't I? I mean, um, yeah, we all are um, of our age because it reminds us weird, of what could have been. Because, you know, we, we were born in the 90s, so... Do you know what? I've actually done a bit of reading on this because I, too, am Trey nostalgic for the 80s and I love all the 80s movies, music, just the whole aesthetic of it, like arcade machines and mm. the outfits. And I remember reading up, like, why are millennials so bent for the 80s? And yeah. I read this blog that was like, it gives us nostalgia for something we never had which was just a simpler life without the internet and all the pressures that come with it and just the overstimulation of information every which way you go may may i show you welcome to the internet by bo burnham if you want to know what that feels like um and yeah i think it gives us like nostalgia for something we never had but we would have really liked to have mm. it's weird i think it's also really weird i think i've spoken about this before I'm talking about Back to the Future, but like um, society seems to go in like a a, a thirty year cycle, right? Yeah. So in their eighties mm-hmm. when they made Back to the Future, mm-hmm. they were really nostalgic for the fifties. Yeah. Which because in Back to the Future they go back to the fifties. Uh huh. And then like I feel like we we were nostalgic for the eighties. When the, when this film came out, because the eighties was about thirty years ago, yeah. Because also twenty twenty fifteen was the thirtieth anniversary of Back to the Future, mm. um, Back to the Future Day, and then now you're starting to see the nineties are becoming the thing that everyone's nostalgic about, which yeah. is thirty years ago, yeah. So I, I don't know what it. I feel like it's long enough ago you romanticize it and you forget yeah. what was shit about it it's like yeah long enough ago that you forget all of the crap and you just bring the well, goodness I guess, I guess out it's, i guess the young people so like the young people like we're not the youths young. um <laughs> what is this like it's society podcast um so like i guess like teenagers mm. they're or 20 year olds mm they're young enough where it was just before that. I guess it's a, it's what's just before your time, right? Mm-hmm. So that's you, it. when you when you were growing up, that's mm-hmm. what you were told about, like oh, this old thing. And I do I do think it's an comments. element of our parents as well. Like my parents were all in on the eighties because when oh yeah when it all was nineteen eighties, they were in their like thirties. So 
or like 20s so it's like yeah. they were our age in the 80s so we'll be really why we'll be showing them things we like now like the mcu mm. and stuff like that like that's a modern thing for us and our kids will be like wow i love this really retro film series called the mcu <laughs> it's, just so, it's so strange isn't it to think it of weird. like yeah stuff is right although i tell you what so like obviously big busted mcfly fan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i have a lot of interaction with younger people um because I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh dear god because he bad. works at a theater company yeah, I, yeah. With, with young with younger actresses children and actors and things yes not because i'm a nonce <laughs> and um, just to clarify if there's any police clarify. officers listening but yeah like stuff like that is like they've never heard of or, just mad, isn't it? or mad. the one that really grinds my gears, Year 3000, that Jonas Brothers song. It just makes but me that, angry. That's an American thing as well, though. Makes me angry. Um. Anyway. Anyway, I yeah. Think we've spoken too much about this. Love Guardians. Guardians of the, Gu- Guardians of the Galaxy is a Zoe Saldana. It's a Zoe Saldana from me too. Love it. Okay, that takes us on to then the ranking the official rank. Zoe Saldana ranking. Before you ask, please do it in French. In French? Did mm-hmm. I do it in French last week? Yes, and I want you to do it in French again. Oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. I'm not going to do the numbers this time, though. <sighs> um, oh, in a dear, on number five, we have Avatar. <laughs> in at number four, we have Art of Elephonies. <laughs> in at number three, Toa. We have Pirates of the Caribbean. Where are you saying at number uh, two? <laughs> we have uh, Star Trek. And um, uh, we, 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 in at uh, number one, we have Le Words. Love um, that. Brilliant. Where are we going to stick infinitely polar bear? I think that it was better than... Losers. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. By the way, I've just noticed I have a Guardians of the Galaxy poster next to me in this room, and I didn't even think until now. Volume 2. I've got the IMAX poster that we got when we went to the cinema years ago. Oh. It's, oh. it's very nice. It's very nice. It's very nice. Where are we going to stick Rosemary's baby? I did enjoy it, but it was just too long, so I would put it above... Mm, I don't know. What about you? I don't know. It's a difficult one. It I'm looking is. at this list and I just don't know where to stick it. I think it needs to go above s- Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was really good. It was just a bit strange, but it was good. And Zoe, like I said, was so good in it. She is fantastic. Uh, okay. And then Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Number one? Surely. I mean, it's Surely. Kind of, it's rude not to. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay. Love it. That takes us on to then. <laughs> that was Zoe or Monroe for anyone who didn't quite understand what the <laughs> fuck Tom just sang. Um, so this is our little mini game where <laughs> I give Tom three quotes and he has to guess who said which. Was it Marilyn Monroe or Zoe Saldana? So, um, yeah, let's just crack on. I can't remember. Let's crack, let's crack, crack on. on. Can't remember what the score is, but um, I'm, I think I, whatever it is, you're one, one up. One up. Yeah, you're one, one up. up yeah. So, right. Quote number one: Fame is like caviar. 
It's good to have caviar, but not when you have it at every meal. Marilyn Monroe. It was Marilyn Monroe. Yes, only she would compare fame to caviar. Very poor. Caviar. Very Hollywood. Um, right. Quote number two for the for the win. Um, it takes a lot of courage to face up to things you can't do because we feed ourselves so much denial. Zoe Saldana. I was Zoe. Well done. Oh, you he's know he's in black. it. He's all in on the on the semantics of it all. Very oh. good. Right. You've just got to think. You've got to embody Zoe. I, I can't bullshit you on the reasoning behind it. It's just sometimes it's just you get a feeling. feeling. Yeah. yeah. Hooked on a feeling. Um, and then your final quote. Your final quote, just for a bonus, bonus ego boost. It's nice to be included in people's fantasies, but you also like to be accepted for your own sake. Ah, now this one stumped me. Mm. I think it's Should have gone probably, with that one. <laughs> I think it's probably Marilyn Monroe. It's Marilyn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. But, you know, Zoe could be part of people's fantasies as well. I know. Well, I did think there was a couple of new- nuances there that could have swung either way. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well done. He's two up. <sighs> Excellent day. It feels day. good. Excellent it feels day. Good. I, was, I was worried because at one point it was neck and neck, wasn't it? Yeah, and but you're zooming you ahead. Just, you can't hold me down. <laughs> um, right. That's about it. I, well, I sort of teased what we're watching next week. Yeah. So we've got Star Trek Beyond. Yes. The best Star Trek. Yes. And uh, what else did I say that I've watched? Oh, The Book of Life. The Book of Life, yeah. Nina. And I think there's also like a short little thing that called... Um, Rocket. Quantum is Calling, which is just like possibly just like a little short thing with her talking to Stephen Hawking. Oh. It was to do with, it's to do with Star Trek. Awesome. I think. Can't wait. So yeah, we've got that to look forward to. Cool. And that's the end, really. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or alternatively just tell your friends. Yeah. Tell a stranger in the street. Tell anyone who will listen to you and likes podcasts. Yeah. Um, if you want to contact us, give us a little message. Um, tell us what your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy. What's your favourite Guardians of the Galaxy song? Ooh. I think mine isn't from uh, from the first one. It's either Come and Get Your Love or the Pina Colada song. Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Guardians 2, it's um, Brandy, brackets, She's a Fine Girl. But yeah, let us know. If you want to do that, how can they let us know, Emma? You could send us an email on a rollpod at gmail.com and yeah, let us know your favourite Guardian song, your favourite Marvel movie, um, what your opinions are on Chris Pratt. I, for one, would love to know. Um, you could tweet us at on a roll pod. You could follow us on Instagram at on a roll pod. Go to our website on a roll And yeah, send us a message or a massage. Uh, we look a forward massage. to hearing oh, from you. <laughs> hello. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that's, listening. That's about it, isn't it? We'll bloody see you on the flip side, motherfuckers. See you on the flip side, motherfuckers. And by the time this comes out, um, England will either have won the Euros or um, Britain yeah. will be... Sorry, England will be very sad I, and full of angry men. I personally don't think we're, we're going to do it. Sorry. No, I, I don't, unfortunately. I think, um, you know, based on the terrible display the other evening... <laughs> um, they walked it. Yeah, they... Uh, they absolutely we sc- walked we sc- it. We scraped it, didn't we? So, um, 
that's my uneducated footballing opinion. Yeah, we'll um, um, we'll, we'll find out. But no one asked for. Literally, no one asked. <laughs> enjoy the football or have well, you will enjoyed, have enjoyed the football. It. Yeah, yeah, Tom, you enjoy the football. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> uh, right. Right. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.